This is Generation Space, the official podcast of Air Force Space Command. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Master Sergeant Dave Salnitri, and welcome to another episode of Generation Space. We're here at Vandenberg Air Force Base, the home of the 30th Space Wing, and sitting with me is uh, a man uh, many of our airmen know about. Chief, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself. Hey, I am Chief Master Sergeant Darrell DJ Hogan, and I am the Command Chief of the 30th Space Wing. Go Hawks! <laughs> if you can't tell, he kind of likes what he does. <laughs> so Chief, talk to me. You've been here for like a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, first time being a Command Chief. I know you're a uh, first sergeant beforehand. Yes. Uh, and uh, talk to me about what it's, uh, what, are you happy? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Uh, I'm extremely happy because I get to continue to serve airmen. So, and then to get to stay in space country, come here with Team Vandenberg, Team 3-0, the Hawks. Doesn't get better than this. So, nice. so was this um, being a, being a command chief? Was this something that um, you know uh, from the your airman basic airman days uh, <laughs> that you always like? I'm going to be a command chief. Was was that <laughs> not, not by any stretch of the imagination? So the people who know me. They know that uh, just getting through that first enlistment, that was the goal right there. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I never imagined that I would even make master sergeant. So everything after that is icing on the cake, you know, and it, to get, continue to, get to continue to serve our country and our airmen, doesn't get better than this. I never, even once I made chief, never imagined that I would potentially be a command chief. You know, I try to, I believe in grow where you're planted. And uh, so wherever I was at that time, I just wanted to give my all to the mission at that time and build the relationships that I could build. And, and I've just been blessed throughout the process, so. That's awesome. Yeah. So, what, like, what, what did something change for you to kind of go from like, hey, if I make the master sergeant, that's great. To, um, I mean, you don't get to, to chief by not being excellent, right? Yeah. Um, was there? So, interesting you say that. I would say you get to chief by having a team around you that believes in you, that sees things in you that you don't see in yourselves, and they want you to succeed. Because you don't get to chief by yourself. No, I don't think anyone can claim honestly, that they got to chief by their self, by their own merits. So from the moment I came in, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, California, and uh, I tell the story when I'm talking at CCAF graduations that uh, tech school gave me just enough time when I was at the fire academy to grow my S-curl back. I had a flat top with activator in it, you know, and I showed up uh, at my first assignment, Travis Air Force Base, and I, I wouldn't say that I was the epitome or the picture of what you were looking for in an airman. But I had a very sharp uh, Staff Sergeant Supervisor, Staff Sergeant William Spears, and he uh, kicked me in the rear when I needed it. He gave me the mentorship and development that I needed. And so throughout my career along the way, I had people that supported me, that believed in me, that saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. And, and that's why I got to this point. And you just get to a point as you progress in rank where you really begin to realize that, oh, there's people around me that want me to succeed. And when you have that, there's no way you're going to fail mm -hmm. because they won't let you fail. Would you say um, having that, that that village or that network um, would that be part of your your pro tips? Like, what what, what if airmen want to go from being average to to like, hey, no, you know what? I want I don't want to be average. I want to be the best. How yeah, definitely pro tips. You know, so what's the difference between a poor leader, a good leader, and a great leader? It's decisions, decisions that are made. Um, and so one of the best decisions that you can make is to surround yourselves with great people that inspire you, that motivate you, people that are doing phenomenal things that you want to epitomize. You know, I was talking to Airman Leadership School recently and one of the questions they asked was something along the lines of what's the biggest mistake or biggest thing that you regret in your career? And the only thing that I can say that I really regret is at one point in time in my career, not surrounding myself with the most positive, most motivated, hardest working people that I possibly could. And when I changed that, yeah. when I changed my circle, it changed my career. And, and to be honest with you, it changed my life. So that, that support system is a, you know, I had a chief that would always tell me, you never want to be the smartest person in your circle. Hmm. Right, because you want people people to be able to pull you up to a, to a higher standard. Absolutely. So. 
Nice, nice. Well, cool. Like for me, that's really easy to to, to, to be. Uh, so yeah, I'm from New Jersey, so that's, that that kind of works out. Uh, so let me ask you this: So when 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 I was floating this idea of coming out here and talking to you a little bit uh, mm-hmm. to uh, you know so, some uh, some folks uh, like uh, Ch- Sergeant Hernandez, who's Chief Toberman's exec, oh, yeah. they all they all said Chief Hogan. What's like, up, Matt? <laughs> they all said Chief Hogan. You need to talk to him. Uh, so what? Let me ask you. So if I were to ask your peers to sum you up, if I were to ask your supervise uh, your super the folks who supervise you mm-hmm. or and the people who you supervise, um, you know, how would they? What would they? Who would they say Chief Hogan is? You know, what what do you think would be a couple of things? What would they talk about that's a good question I, I would hope that they would say that I'm a person that inspires other others um, I truly believe in that um, I've had folks that inspired me along the way many of them were in the military some were not in the military you know some were maybe authors that I read about and I was able to live vicariously through their stories but um, I try to be an inspiration um, especially at this point in time in my career I'm a true believer that every airman on our team has something special and unique inside of them right that only they bring to the fight So we lose that airman, we lose that capability, we lose that character trait, we lose that skill set because only they can bring that to the fight. And so, you know, as a chief, I try to bring that out in everyone that I touch. And I don't believe in wasting an opportunity, right? I believe in making each day your masterpiece. I try to make every engagement that I have with airmen, NCOs, officers, civilians, whoever it might be, family members, um, my masterpiece. And in doing that, I, I try to inspire, you know, to help others to maybe identify some things in themselves that they didn't even realize was there. And if you can pull that out of people, you know, we talk a lot about innovation in the Air Force. Innovation is inside. Some, some piece of innovation is inside each one of us. And we don't even know it's there, you know. And so when you can begin as a leader to draw that out of your airmen, yeah. they're going to surprise you. And they're going to take our, our service to the next level. And they're going to do things that's, that's going to surprise themselves. So... So you, uh, c- coming up as an airman throughout the ranks now, uh, you've been someone who you've you, uh, you've been a person who has who has innovation and wants to pitch it to leaders, but you've also been the leader who other airmen uh, pitch ideas to. What are a couple th- successful ways that an airman can? Um, what would you say to the airman who has an idea and doesn't know how to pitch it? Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you say to a leader uh, who? Um, what would you say to someone who is a leader of airmen to foster that kind of environment where creativity and innovation is just as natural as breathing? Right. So for an airman, it's like a, I'd say your idea, it's like a thesis statement, right? You need to support it. So do as much homework on that idea as you possibly can so that when you present it to your supervisor, when you pre- present it to the leadership, you know it's supported with facts and, and a background that makes them want to buy into it. But the biggest thing for that airman is to establish relationships, right? And so let your conduct be a reflection of your character. You know, if I'm not performing, if I don't have the best attitude when I'm at work and then I come and I pitch an idea, it may not be well received. So you want to establish that relationship so that when people hear your name or when they see your face, they know that, okay, this is a hardworking airman. This is someone that comes to work on a daily basis and they give, they give their all. Yeah. And so when you pitch an idea, you know, it'll be, um, hopefully it'll be well received. Um, and then knowing when and where to do it, okay. right? Yeah. So, you know, being able to get some some, pri- some private or personal professional time uh, with your supervision or with your leadership, or if the commander, first sergeant, if they're out and about in the flight, you know, that's a perfect opportunity to say, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, you know, I have this idea and I yeah. think this would improve operations in the flight and whatnot, and that might be a, a good idea. Uh, for leaders, it's gotta be through your actions, right? You wanna, you wanna create a culture where airmen feel comfortable. And again, it goes back to relationships. What we do, we're in the business of networking, we're in the business of building relationships. And it makes everything a lot easier. And so if I'm out and about and my people know me, my airmen know me, and they understand that, you know, I'm in a special position that has res- responsibilities, but I'm just an airman. Mm. I'm a teammate. 
And if they feel comfortable comfortable around me, then they're going to be comfortable bringing their ideas to me. And you know, and, and so creating that culture is about establishing a relationship, making everyone feel that they're included, and that their dialogue is is being listened to. And you know, a lot of leaders we, we want to you know we're very good at talking. We can talk for hours, right? right. <laughs> but sometimes it's good to just close our lips. You know, we only have one mouth. Use those two ears that we have and listen. You know, and then take some time to reflect and give that airman feedback. Right. And then when you're able to impart into the mission those airmen's ideas, do it and give them credit for it. Mm. Give them credit for it and recognize them in front in front of their peers. Even if it's just a hey, this was airman so and so's idea and this is a great idea and we're going this direction or we're changing this process on base and give them that credit and that will that will go miles. So, like, I've heard Chief Wright talk a lot about the frozen middle, right. and um, I heard someone also <clears throat> refer to it as, like, the sludge layer. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, like, I, don't, I think a lot of it, it's, like, me and my peers, you know, it's staff sergeants, tech sergeants, master sergeants, maybe seniors. Um, you know, and I, I don't, like, I, I, what do you think cause that causes that frozen middle? And, like, personally, I don't think it's bad intentions. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you say to, like, what do you think causes it, and what do you say to that person who's, uh, you know, they're thinking, they think they're helping the institution by, like, vectoring or mm -hmm. filtering thoughts, but really sometimes um, they're, they're just kind of, they're slapping their airmen down and creating an envir environment of why pitch an idea cause when it's just going to get shut right. down. So that's a, that's a good question. What causes the frozen middle? Um, this is debatable. You can argue about this. Um, one of the things that I would say that contributes to the frozen middle is thinking that we know it all. You know, and that could be at the senior airman level, it could be at the NCO level, it could be at the at the senior NCO and chief level. Um, we have to understand that we don't know it all. We don't have all the answers, you know, and we have to be receptive to change and receptive to our, to our airmen's ideas. I think when we position ourselves, when we become bigger than the rank, which none of us are bigger than the institution, none of us are bigger than the rank or the, the Air Force that we wear across our chest, but when we allow ourselves and our egos to believe that we're bigger, then we think that we have all the answers and we begin to filter information as it flows up. And so the airman brings an idea, right? And then I make my modifications to it and I take it to the boss and the boss may not receive it. Whereas I should have presented what the airman presented. Right. You know, I can, I can also include to the boss, you know, on a side note, Hey, this is what I think about that idea, but present it as pure as you received it. You know? So I think if we uh, take our egos out of the fight, uh. then that helps to begin to, um, defrost that that frozen middle nice so and, and and that's pretty much i guess i would say why i think the frozen middle occurs i think it has a lot to do with ego and i don't think it's it's ill intention many times um sometimes we have to get out of our own way but now um so uh before here you were stationed uh colorado springs i was i was the uh, command first sergeant for air force space command station in uh, headquarters air force space command at peterson nice and um so how was it to be living in colorado but to be a Raiders fan. <laughs> <laughs> Any death threats? <laughs> very hostile. Very hostile. Uh, believe it or not, there are a lot of Raiders fans in Colorado. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't bad at all. It, it, it made it more fun, yeah. right, because there's so many Broncos fans there. Um, so watching the games is always fun, especially go if you go out to a, you know, if you go to the base club or whatnot, uh, it was always a fun environment. But I love Colorado. Colorado was an awesome place. So I have nothing but great things to say about Colorado Springs. Colorado. It seems like you're going from, like, one great location to another, and just so many, like, Airmen here just so, hustling. So fortunate, right? So I've been in Air Force 23 and a half years. Yeah. This is assignment number 11 after graduating from, from technical school. So I've been all around the Air Force and uh, every assignment is, I mean, I've been truly fortunate. Great assignments, worked with great people along the way. So that's awesome. Um, so what would you say like the highlight? So 23 plus years, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's a lifetime. What, what, what has been the highlight so far? The highlight of my career. The highlight of my career, I would say, and I told this story recently, um, 
probably happened as a chief. You know, some people would say making chief was the highlight of their career, maybe a certain assignment. There was a phenomenal, phenomenal tech sergeant that worked in the CSS at headquarters at space. Um, tech sergeant Camille Shockey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and she had CrossFit tried time beast. and time again, you know, to put in a package, or she did put in a package to be commissioned and was falling just short. And so when she came to headquarters, I was able to work with her, um, provide some mentorship. Um, provide some edits to that package. And she went to OTS and she graduated. So now she's second Lieutenant Shockey. And uh, when it came time for me to get ready to proceed to this assignment, I needed to reenlist. And so I called on Lieutenant Shockey as her first official duty to reenlist me on my last reenlistment. You know, so here you have a, a second Lieutenant reenlisting someone who's going off to be a command chief. And because I am a fire dog by trade, we went down to the firehouse at Peterson and did nice. it. And so that, that to me, that's one of the most special things that ever happened in my career, right? Because mm. that's what we're doing. We're developing future leaders. Yeah, We're giving back, you know, and that moment was not so much about me, but it was about Lieutenant Shockey, who was Tech Sergeant Shockey, and the phenomenal things that she has done for our Air Force and that she's going to continue to do. So been able to give back in that fashion and just be a tiny little piece of the puzzle that is her life and, and her professional career doesn't get better than that. So um, what I what I feel like I just heard you t talk about almost is like servant leadership. Um, there's a, you know, look at this, you know, so however you want to look at the book, but there's this book called the Bible and it, <laughs> right. and it, it talks about leadership once or twice. It talks about servant being right. a servant hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what are your thoughts on? on servant leadership, but what, what's, what are ways to, uh, maybe misconceptions of it, but what mm -hmm. are also ways to, that we could just help our airmen? How, how could we help lead by serving them? Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. We are, they call us the service, right? So it's what we do as American airmen. Um, it takes some time for an individual or for many individuals to realize that you get a lot further together. Right. They say if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And by giving back to your airmen, you're impacting so many other people. That airmen might have a husband or a wife, they have parents, brothers, sisters, and there's thousands of other airmen that they are going to supervise in the future. So by giving back to someone, um, you know, it's, it's better than achieving things on your own when you see the people that you've helped to mentor and guide uh, give back. And so servant leadership is understanding that as a leader, there is a time and a place to stand out front, but there's also a significant time and place to stand in the back and push and motivate and drive your airmen to do phenomenal things. So it's, it's really, it's, it's all about giving back. You know, I can't imagine if all of the staff here at the wing were to walk away and just leave me here, you know, uh, I'd be minimally effective, if effective at all, you right. know, so it takes a team, it takes a village. And so that's what servant leadership is. To me, it's about giving back. And it's about putting my airmen uh, before me. And, and it extends beyond the mission on, on, on duty, right? Because when I go home, it's about putting my family first. It's about putting my wife and my children before my needs, making sure that they're fed, that they're well cared for, right. you know, that if they need to talk, you know, before I come home and start spilling out things about work, hey, how was your day? You know, and that's what servant leadership is to me. Well, like, yeah, you kind of brought something up, too, is like um, something, something I've heard Chief Toberman talk a lot about, our AFSPIS command chief, is that, um, you know, what happened? What, how, how would your life be different if at 4.30 today you had to leave? You couldn't stay 30 minutes longer. You couldn't stay an hour longer. You had to leave at 4.30 today. It was a hard stop. Uh, you know, how would your life look different? Um, 
I feel like a lot of times folks feel like working more hours means they're working harder, therefore right. they're better off. And uh, you know, I kind of throw the flag on that mm -hmm. one like garbage. You know, mm -hmm. um, what are your like? What do you work-life balance? What does that mean to you? And <laughs> is that is that just for the? So one of the things we've been talking about over the last couple of years. So when you talk about balance, if you think about the scales of justice, um, when you talk about balance, you're talking about things being equal. And, and the reality is, as many things in our lives are not equal at various times in history. So I like to say work-life harmony, okay. right? Because you want things to be able to work and flow in harmony. Um, service before self, what does that mean? You know, there's a time, which is very often in which the mission comes before things that my kids might have going on in school. Right. And so I can't balance that. I can't say, well, I'm going to spend 30 minutes with the mission and 30 minutes with my kid. There's a time and place in which duty calls. And so that's com that comes first. But I have to have that harmony. And so how do I get that harmony? I'm deliberate about the time that I invest with my kids when I am able to invest that time with them. And so that there's that understanding that, OK, dad was with me at baseball practice and he was at the last baseball game, but he has to be away for this one. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you have that harmony because there's there's a point in time right now. if I get a call that my wife has fallen ill, I'm gonna leave work and go tend to my family. So that's not balance, but that's harmony. Right. So that things kind of work in tune with one another. Yeah, so the, it's like succinct. Like the, like I feel like so many times that, uh, you know, uh, I was going through NCOA and a peer, you know, I, uh, corrected me and uh you know she was uh, i come from pa she was a, a boom operator and you know some different completely different worlds and i said yeah my uh, one of my guys you know he's there you know first thing in the morning he stays late like he's killing it she's like that doesn't mean he's killing it right it, and like and i remember looking at her like almost like a deer in the headlights what are you talking about and uh she explained it and she i mean she changed you know she mm -hmm. definitely changed the way i look at that um, yeah, so like this morning, you know, I went to the fitness center and I did uh, 45 minutes on the elliptical trainer, right? There's some times where I'll go and do 60 minutes and I might tell you, hey, I spent an hour on the treadmill or an hour on the elliptical. And you're like, man, you really worked hard today. But sometimes it's more effective to go in there and do 25, 30 minutes. But the effort that I put into it, right? Sometimes you need to work smarter, not necessarily harder. And so a lot of it has to, you, you could spend, you know, 14 hours at work, but give a minimal effort. Or you could come to work and spend eight, nine, 10 hours, but the effort that you contribute makes a bigger impact, make it makes a bigger difference. So that's awesome. We're uh man, we're we're starting to wind down, you know, clicking in close to twenty minutes and uh <laughs> there's just so much more I wanna ask. Well, you know, let me ask you this. Um uh, one thing is I always love to asking a, a former first sergeant, or I don't know if it's like a Marine, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine, once you're a first sergeant, you're always a first sergeant. But what was the one story where uh, I'm you know, where you kind of thought to yourself, this is crazy. Why, how am I dealing with this right now? Like, this is a grown person. I'm having to deal with this. What was that moment? So I have a million of those stories, right? <laughs> having served seven and a half years as a first sergeant. But I'll tell you, I was at BaseX, and there was a young airman that had uh, committed a pretty significant offense, and so he was receiving an Article 15. Um, and so the commander called him in, you know, to his office to, to issue that Article 15. And I stood there um, next to the airman, and the commander says, hey, so you know why I called you in here today, right? And the airman says, yes, sir, I called this meeting. And so there was a pause and uh, I'm, I'm trying to maintain my military bearing, you know, because I couldn't believe what was coming out of his mouth. And the commander kind of looked at me and I looked at the commander and the commander said, what do you mean you call this meeting? He said, yes, sir, I need to talk to you today. <laughs> and I was like, this is not happening. And I don't know what was going on psychologically with this airman at the time. Um, I don't know if he was just shaken or nervous, but for some reason he was under the impression that he had initiated that that particular conversation. And so the commander had to collect himself before he can continue on with the uh, administering that disciplinary action. So that, that was pretty funny. 
Holy cow. Oh, man. My, I feel like my Jersey Italian blood would just be boiling wanting to come across that table, you know? And we have some interesting discussions about that particular one after, after the fact. So. I feel like once the airman leaves and the door closes, like, uh, it's just you in leadership. Uh, I feel like that would be a... Yeah, it's like, what just happened here? <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Um, so uh, we're kind of winding down. Let me ask you mm-hmm. this. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you, you want to throw out there? Maybe something we have talked about that you just want to... There's a hundred things that we haven't talked about, I right? Know. So I'll leave you all with this. Um, you know, so we hear all the time, be true to yourself. And a lot of people are advocate of that. And at one point in time, I was. But I don't believe in being true to oneself. I believe in being true to your best self. Okay. And what do I mean by that? A lot of times we make decisions based on the limitations that we place on ourselves. We make decisions based on the professional conclusion that someone else has told us about our career and our potential. And those decisions aren't the best. And I'm guilty of that multiple times in my career. So what I learned was that I need to be true to my best self. My best self represents the potential that's inside of me. My best self means that I'm not burning bridges when bridges don't need to be burned. It means that I'm making decisions that will carry over well five, 10 years from now. At 18 years old, I don't know that I value who I was and what and the potential that I had inside of me. I didn't know that there was a first sergeant inside of Airman First Class Hogan. I didn't know that there was a a chief master sergeant or a command chief. And so sometimes I made decisions that were not beneficial or made life a lot harder than it had to be. So one of the things that I go around and I preach now or I stress when I'm talking to, you know, FTAC, ALS, NCO Academy top three is be true to your best self. Because you may not be able to look in the mirror and see your best self, but it's someone in you that has potential beyond your wildest imaginations. And you need to make sure that the decisions that you're making will set you up and your family up for success in the future. So I would say be true to your best self, not just to yourself. And I think that kind of goes off, uh, goes uh, goes along with. So this is the way I've been ending every podcast uh, as of as of late, and uh, how I've en- uh, ended every interview I've ever done uh, for a while now. And it's just completely random. Uh, it's kind of like well, let's just see what we get here. What <laughs> you're, you're making me nervous, yeah, man. You're right, scaring me. Right, scaring yeah. me. <laughs> no, I'm like teeing it up for you. You know, or setting you up. I'm just going to spike it. It's going to be good. Um, what what does Chief Hogan or Mister Hogan? Um, what what do you live your life by? What's your theme song? Your 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 um, whether it's in uniform or out of uniform, like what is at your core? My Lord and Savior is at my core. You know, it's it's my faith and my belief in in, in my higher power and my Lord and Savior is is the basis for who I am. You know, it's you know you talked about the Bible. The Bible for me is you know it's the how to it's a how to guide. It's the manual you know for the vehicle that that is my body and my life. So uh, faith is at the core of who I am. You know, and so that's why being an inspiration is so important to me. And I want to leave a legacy where people can reflect back and say, hey, you know, DJ Hogan, you know, had an impact on me. And, you know, and he kind of walked on faith, you know, whether seen or unseen. So that's that's kind of what I live my life by. So. Amen. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm going to do something a little different here. I have a group of two staff sergeants back here okay. who often have uh, way better thoughts and questions than <laughs> I do. Um, guys, is there anything, you know, we, we have a command chief right here. Is there anything that you want? Uh what do you want? What do you want to hear? What do you want to know? How could uh, how could Chief help you? We've heard many times throughout the years uh, some of the the attributes uh, of a of a true leader. Okay. Um, have you met any leaders with unorthodox attributes that that have uh, kind of pushed their mission forward um, in a sense where they they leveraged humor to lead or they leveraged um, um you know their their stoicism 
leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, is is there anything, <clears throat> any leaders you've encountered throughout your time where you thought, wow, this is this is a very uh, um, kind of unorthodox way of doing things, but they but they do it right. Several leaders. Um, and I won't name name names because I'd probably leave someone out, but uh, there are several leaders that, at the end of the day, they're authentic to themselves, right? So there's a motivational speaker um, that I like to listen to, and one of the things he asks is, what's your fastball, right? If you think about a baseball team, and imagine having a pitcher that can throw a 102 miles per hour fastball. And so that's why they draft this individual. Now, within your repertoire, you still need to be able to have a, a curve ball and a slider and a few other pitches, but the reason you're on that team the thing that makes you unique and authentic is the fact that you can throw 102 miles per hour fastball. And so I think it's important for each leader to tap into what makes them unique and authentic. You know, so for me, I, I like to tap into the inspirational side of the house. It's what makes, I believe, allows me to stand out and makes me a little bit different than maybe some other, not necessarily just the inspirational piece, but it's how I, how I deliver that message. So I think um, for our airmen NCOs and senior NCOs out there, they should really take a look at what, what's different about me and then embrace that. You know, don't isolate yourself because again, you're the only one that can bring that to the fight and you should be unique and you should not be afraid to challenge the status quo in the way that you've seen 10 other leaders lead in your career. You know, embrace that thing that's unique about you and bring that to the fight. So I've definitely experienced that. You mentioned Chief Toberman and he's definitely an outside the box type of leader, you know, so if we want to keep it within Air Force Space Command, um, you know, and I love that about him and the fact that he's not ashamed of that. And that's what we try to, you know, encourage our airmen to hey, embrace who you are and be proud of who you are and carry yourself with dignity and respect and, and create an environment, you know, of dignity and respect and, and, and be unique to yourself. Yeah. Talking to Chief Toberman, it's like the the first time I heard, I talked to him and uh, then shortly after I found out he is like a certified genius. It all made sense. <laughs> it all made sense. And the questions, the questions he asked, right? Yeah. So he asked several questions. Why? 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 What's the Peel effect? back the onion, yeah. you know, get down to the, to the root cause. So I love it. I love it. Sorry, Armstrong, you got anything? Uh, so, uh, long time listener of the podcast, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thanks to Sergeant Armstrong and his mustache. <laughs> All of it in his glory. Um, so, if you were sitting next to uh, Staff Sergeant Hogan, yes, uh, what is it that you'd want to tell him um, coming up, being a leader, um, kind of that coming out of ALS, putting on that next stripe? Um, what's some basic recommendations that you wish you knew as uh, Staff Sergeant? Essentially make their life easier somehow, you know, let, let them learn from your mistakes. <laughs> I would definitely say, hey, Staff Sergeant Hogan, I know you don't see it at the time. And I know you may not believe me, but you have so much potential in you. You know, you have a message that people are going to want to hear and you have uh, a caring heart and, and you have a work ethic that is that is pretty superior in a lot of circles. And so believe in yourself and uh, make decisions that are going to reflect your true self. And, uh, and just know that things are going to work out for, for the best. Don't stress over the small things. Uh, make a difference where you can. Make an impact where you can. Um, when things don't go, don't go right. Step up and be accountable for those things. Don't hide them uh, and don't lie about them. And then when your airmen are doing phenomenal things, give them the credit. And, and above, above everything else, um, you know, know who you are and, and believe in yourself and your abilities. Nice. Knock on the door. Let's get Sergeant Powell in here. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna put him on the spot. You know, we talked about what, what would uh, supervisors and supervisees, uh, your uh, radies say. So let's let's ask one. <laughs> uh -oh. Sarah Powell, what's going on? Nope. So come on in here real quick. 
Uh, no, uh, so that's all right. No, it's all right. This is just audio. So, uh, yeah. So one, of the, we asked, uh, we asked Chief, um, uh, Chief here to uh, what his supervisors would say about him. We also asked him what his uh, radies would say. So we got one. What's you know, you've been here, uh, working together for two two uh, weeks together. What's something that you want to ask, uh, maybe Chief Hogan? Uh, what's something you wish you you want to you wish you asked uh, on day one? Um, Oh, this is your opportunity. Ask ask him something here. He has to answer it, so it's great. <laughs> I don't think I have anything I would want to ask him. I just want to, want to say, let me do my job. <laughs> <laughs> let me do, yeah. He's, he hasn't re released the reins to me yet. So, like, you have an exec. Let me do my exec job. But, yeah. Uh, I, anything... And I so, don't and have so, to ask questions. He gives me all the information without asking. And so he's he's right about that, right? So having an exec is something that's so unique to anything I've ever experienced, and I'm so used to doing everything myself. And so it's hard to, to you know, it's because it's, it's beyond delegation. He takes such good care of me, you know. But everything from you know making air travel and going to DTS doing travel vouchers when you have someone to assist with that is just something that I'm not used to. So, how does he take his coffee? He does not drink coffee. Oh, oh, oh. He's a water person. So, like, he's a water person. Hydration. So water stays in there. And he likes, is it Coke? I think, is it Coke, Coke Zero. Coke Zero, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No official Air Force endorsement. <laughs> this is not No, so no coffee, no. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm still getting to learn him, but it is what it is. I what, what's the... um? So uh, I love talking to our, like, I, I'll go into uh, Sergeant Hernandez and okay. I, our Chief Doberman's uh, office and talk to his exec. Well, I don't know why I'm leading so far forward. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'll talk to them, like, uh, you know, almost uh, every day. And I'll go in there for, like, 45 minutes and, uh, you know, just enjoy talking to them. But it's always fun to hear what they say. Um, and they, they, you know, they work hard, but they, they, they really love being in that position. What's been... Um, What's been something, especially coming from security forces, you know, what's, uh, you're in an office now where there's nice things you can't break. You're not supposed to break. <laughs> what's been the biggest uh, thing, you know, uh, working here that you've uh, enjoyed or, um, I mean, this is a great opportunity. Have you, how do you plan on like really taking advantage of it? Not just like career wise, but like just growth, having like Mr. Miyagi over here. <laughs> it's, and so, um, like I said, so Chief Hogan, Chief Hogan, he must be talking about me. He's talking, he's talking about me. Hi, Chief. Um, <laughs> Chief Hogan is my second command chief. Uh, chief Bowley was before him. So um, when I when I got hired into the position, um, I was nervous because of the magnitude of you are the, um, when people see you, they see the chief. So um, I had to get used to that. But luckily me coming from security forces, the job that I had prepared me for this job. And so and I, I you just, it's, you, you literally have the fountain of knowledge at your fingertips. <laughs> And it comes from the chief to the base commander, to the, base, the vice commander, you have the CAG office, you have everybody in our office. We work so well together. We have such like synergy that it's, it's amazing. And just being able to literally walk in and be like, hey chief, I have this, 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 and this. How do I need to go about it? Or just to listen. And I tell people all the time, like you have not seen a, a murder board when it comes to packages until you see a whole group of chiefs <laughs> more than a border or package you're just like oh my god like that did not say that but it did say that how did you do that but yeah it's mm -hmm. i the knowledge that i i and i'm excited to take it back to security forces i'm excited to take it just back to my fellow um ncos and just be like hey this is what i learned you know send it from the top and work it down the yeah my aperture is, is just it's widened it's open and i'm just here to 
gain as much as I can before I head back to the real Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> and how cool is it that I have a defender as my exec in the year of the defender? You know, the ph phenomenal things that security forces airmen do on a daily basis. So that's awesome. You're in a safe place. <laughs> cool. Hey, thanks a lot, Sarah Powell. I appreciate it. Cool. You know, it's my show. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> thanks, Sarah Powell. Good sport. Thanks, God, team. I appreciate it. So, well, that's about it, Chief. Uh, not too bad, right? Not too bad. Not Had too some bad. fun. No, thanks for taking the time, especially on short notice. You know, we're out here and uh, we uh, hit up uh, Sergeant Powell and he made it happen. So we appreciate you being flexible and Definitely. best of luck on the you know, your assignment here. Two weeks in the job. You know, what an awesome chance for us to get to sit down and talk to you a little yeah. bit. And our first enlisted member on the show as a guest. That's what I'm talking about. And they came to Team Vandenberg, Space Country, the best of the best to do that. So I am proud to represent Team 3 -0. He's not excited or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only chief I know who's a, a published writer. So <laughs> here we go. His book right here. You probably put it right there. Can we superimpose it right there? Good. <laughs> and I'm working on a few more. So trying to live, trying to leave a legacy. Yeah. I'd subscribe to that Twitter. There we go. <laughs> All right, Chief. Well, that's it. So that's it for uh, this episode of Generation Space. Hope you had as much fun as we did. And uh, look forward to you guys joining us uh, next time. That's it. Take care. Go space. <laughs>